the Belfast market, following in the footsteps of St. Patrick, and learning to appreciate whiskey. This week, we're in Ireland with TV's Joseph Rosendo. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson, and welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies at DestinationEatDrink.com and on the Destination Eat Drink podcast. Glad to have you. Pull up a chair. I'll fix you a plate. This week, my guest is Joseph Rosendo. You know Joseph from his great show on PBS, Travel Scope. The 12th season is premiering this week, and Joseph is here to talk about Ireland and some of the other places he visited while filming the latest season. But first, if you've been enjoying Destination Eat Drink, let me humbly ask that you make a small contribution to Destination Eat Drink. It helps us keep the show and website going and expand our foodie travel program to reach more folks just like you. You can give by going to DestinationEatDrink.com and clicking on the Contribute button. Thank you so very much. Joseph Rosendo is a writer, TV host, and producer. He's traveled all over the world filming his TV show for PBS, Travel Scope. Joseph was on Destination Eat Drink a couple years ago talking about Bangkok and Taiwan, and that was a great conversation. I've got a link to that episode, along with links to Travel Scope in the show notes. You can get that at radiomisfits.com slash ded210. The new season of Travel Scope, Joseph's 12th, is debuting on PBS this week. And he talks to me about going to Ireland to travel St. Patrick's Way, visiting the Giant's Causeway at Bush Mill, and going to Belfast in Northern Ireland. Of course, we also talk about food like Irish butter and seafood. Plus, we talk Guinness and whiskey and why you won't find corned beef and cabbage in Ireland. Then Joseph tells me about Halloween in Ireland. It's a great time, and I'm starving for some Irish food, so let's eat. Destination Eat Drink. Joseph Rosendo from Travelscope. Welcome back to Destination Eat Drink. It's great to have you back on the podcast again. Congratulations on season 12 of uh, Travelscope and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brad. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being here again. 12 seasons is a lifetime in uh, PBS years. You're one of the people who's just been doing this forever. So I'm really happy to get to talk to you. This new season of Travel Scope is especially interesting to me because you spend a lot of time in Ireland, one place that I really love. But I got to say, I've never been to Northern Ireland and you spend uh, quite a bit of time um, on the way of St. Patrick, which I believe is in Northern Ireland. Can you tell me where it is exactly and what the significance is of the Way of St. Patrick? Well, uh, just like the Way of St. James, which uh, people have been doing for five, six hundred, seven hundred years or more than that, uh, traveling throughout Europe to go to San Juan de Copestano in Spain uh, to do uh, on, honor to the, the saint. Uh, this is the Irish saint and the Irish saint, which is interesting about St. Patrick. He's not a Catholic saint. He's not a Protestant saint. He's an Irish saint. 
everybody claims him. Uh, all of the, uh, the the two major religions in Ireland, the Roman Catholic religion and the uh, uh, Irish, uh, the what they, what they call the, it's basically the Protestant uh, variation of that uh, throughout Ireland in the and the Church of the Church of Ireland, which is a Protestant church, uh, they both claim uh, Saint Patrick as saint, and the celebrations around his death. That's what uh, the 17th of March is. It's the day of his death, and um, they they all celebrated in different ways. And what was wonderful about being in Ireland for that is opposed to the uh, there is a lot of festivities, a lot of celebration going on. Uh, a few toasts here and there, but you know, many of us throughout the United States, particularly, we think of St. Patrick's Day as a day where there a lot of green beer and uh, maybe corned beef and hash is eaten in honor of uh, Ireland and and the, the saint. Well, in Ireland, they do it a little differently. It's a much more solemn event. It's a much more religious event. It is a saint day, just a few days away from St. Joseph's saint day. So it's a very um, serious time of the year for the Irish. Of course, being Irish and knowing what good crack is, which means a good time, they uh, they certainly turn it into a wonderful party as well. But there is a, it's much more family oriented. It's uh, much more local. Uh, if you get out to outside of Dublin, uh, which is in the south, of course, uh, you'll get to have a whole different feeling. Like I was in the north. St. Patrick started in the north on, on a Slemish um, mountain up near uh, Downpatrick, Ireland. Uh, he, uh, he started, he was a slave for six years as the story goes. And, and this, is, this is from his writings. He talks about being a slave, um, mining sheep on the mountain and then escaping, uh, having divine, uh, uh, divine, having a divine moment where they, he was showed how to escape and he escaped with the help of, of some pirates, actually, and returned to Great Britain, or what was then Roman Britain, and uh, where he was, his family was, and stayed there in safety, and then heard the calling to return to Ireland, and came to Ireland, and came back through, across the Irish Sea into Strangford Lock, landed very close to Downpatrick, uh, and went to Saul Church, where uh, it's called Saul Church now. Uh, then it was a barn, and he the first convert he had in Ireland was it was at what is now Saul Church, and uh, he began his mission to uh, to turn uh, uh, Ireland from um, its Druid and Celtic past into a Christian past, and and he uh, he became in the process of doing that he became uh, revered by all of the Irish people. And of course, you know that the six counties in the north are the UK and the rest of Ireland is it's the Irish Republic. So all of his travels, um, that the personal travels that he did, or the majority of them, were in the north. And so, yes, I had the opportunity to travel throughout the north, uh, the capital Belfast, and through uh, Downpatrick is where he is buried uh, and where he started his mission. And so you kind of began and end in Downpat, a small community of 20,000 people, about half an hour, 45 minutes from uh, Belfast. But we also got to see the beautiful coastal northern coast of Ireland. 
Um, we had a, good, a lot of good times while we were there. A lot of good crack, as the Irish say, hmm. pubs and and in the different the different attractions that are available for people in the north. And it, it was it was a my my most north concentrated trip that I've done in Ireland. I've done a number. I've I've done several shows in the in the south. We did a show along the, what they call the Great Atlantic Way, which is partly in the north and in the south. But this shows the two shows that we ended up doing on following the, the path of St. Patrick um, were both all in the north. So the, the way of St. Patrick, its significance is this is where St. Patrick walked after he came back from Britain, Roman Britain, as you called it, and um, was looking to convert people to Christianity during this time. Right, right. Actually, there, it, you know, there, there are so many ways and trails and and paths that you can take in Ireland. It's really a wonderful country for people who like trekking. Several pilgrimages um, to different for different reasons, but St. Patrick, of course, the number one. And and it's about a it's about an eighty mile, no, not eighty kilometer um, trail that starts in Bangor. And runs all the way to Downpatrick. All, all roads lead to Downpatrick, where he's buried. Um, they start, they, and they start. There's a driving trail that you can follow, and there is a walking trail that you can follow. And it's really all what they tie together is all the, the important historic spots where Saint Patrick did significant things. They'll find uh, what they call Saint Patrick Wells. You'll find St. Patrick chairs. And, you know, the Irish are, if, if, if nothing else, the Irish are people of myths and legends and stories. They're great storytellers and great, uh, they tell stories in song, they tell stories in poetry, and, um, and they have their myths and legends. And so every, every rock that looks like a chair becomes St. Patrick's rock, a hmm. chair, and every, every, indentation in a rock where water will form is called St. Patrick's Well. And you'll find these famous ones throughout the country. Uh, people have for centuries honored as places that St. Patrick created. And they go there to be blessed and they go there to uh, to heal for healings. It's, it's really uh, a, a wonderful experience to be following the trail. The trail also takes you to some pretty neat cities like Belfast, the capital of the North. And, uh, and you know, there's uh, St. Patrick did, did, uh, did several things there, but, but he, his main place where he really, really worked was in Armagh, which is considered to be the ecclesiastical center of Ireland. There's a Roman Catholic cathedral there, and there's a Church of Ireland cathedral there as well. And that was really where he built his first he he was given land by a Celtic lord to build a Druid lord to build his his first church, and uh, so you start many of the many of your trails, the the driving and the walking trail, start in Alma, and they all end up for the most part in Downpatrick because that's where he's he started his his conversions and that's where he's buried. Joseph, you mentioned Belfast, and we'll get to Belfast in just a moment, but I did want to backtrack for just a second, because you mentioned that you spent St. Patrick's Day in Ireland, which sounds fantastic, and you also said that it's not 
Like in the U.S., it's a drinking holiday, basically, is right. what it's, yeah, what it's I was, I was trying to avoid saying that. Right? <laughs> I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> you can say it. You can say it. You're the host. Yeah, okay. That's exactly right. It's not that in Ireland. So what, what are some of the um, cultural things that you will see when you go and visit Ireland on St. Patrick's Day? You know, how, how is it celebrated? How is it expressed? Well, one of the pleasures of being in Down Patrick, particularly besides the Down Cathedral, which is there, which is beautiful and the surroundings the mound of down and uh all the lakes in the area uh, um, it's just it's just a beautiful city particularly in this summer and late spring summer into the early fall it's a lovely a lovely setting but besides that there's a Pat- saint patrick center there which is the only center in the world devoted to saint patrick and it tells the story of saint patrick and it has a lot it really brings people up to date in his own words, it tells his story and brings people up up to speed on who St. Patrick was and what he accomplished and what he means to the people of Ireland, all of Ireland. Once again, St. Patrick stands as a, a point of reconciliation. And if you, if you have lived in this world for in the last you know, 30, 40 years, you know about the troubles that took place in Northern Ireland and continues to be a contentious uh, situation in the North, politically at least, uh, between the, the Great Britain and the Republic of Ireland. And so uh, that center becomes a point of reconciliation and people go there. It's the end of the Way of St. Patrick. And when you're, so that's one thing that people do. There are events that are surrounding that center. There's Irish dancing, there's Irish food, there's the festivals that take place in the square in front of it. Um, and there's families, there were a lot of children, um, a lot of the uh, the parade, unlike the parade you'll we'll see in, in Boston or New York here, uh, it's a, a lower keyed parade uh, with children from the, the local elementary schools and the local and small bands, uh, floats, handmade, uh, homemade floats uh, going through the streets of Downpatrick. So depending on the city, of course, the parades get more involved and get more extensive and more along the lines of what we're used to here in the States. <laughs> but the general feeling is one of community. It's a time for like the community to come together. And in these small communities throughout the North, it's it really is the whole community. Everybody knows everybody and you feel like you're in the middle of a big gigantic family party. And uh, there is of course drinking involved uh, in the pubs and in the restaurants and surrounding area, but it's, it's much, much less, evident than it than it is it isn't the reason that people have the celebration the reason they have this celebration is to honor saint patrick in many places in the world we forget i wonder if people even know who saint patrick is right, right. maybe just make us think it's the name of a festival the <laughs> saint patrick festival but it's to honor this man who brought christianity to ireland fairly somber and a solemn thing to be and risk his life time and time and time again. There wasn't a lot of people that thought he was a he was that welcomed him. And uh and, and the accomplishment that he had then, of course, the whole idea for 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 religious Christians, the fact that he spread that to other parts of the world. And through a celebration of St. Patrick, that was the idea, I think, uh, that 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 his his purpose of being here and the then what he had to share with people would, would be spread. 
I mean, what we've, what, what, you know, this is the largest celebration throughout the world, worldwide celebration, St. Patrick's Day. I mean, you know, the Taj Mahal turns green. Hmm. Uh, you know, that's that, it's that kind of a worldwide event, St. Patrick's Day. And I was hoping by what we were doing, we would give my mostly U.S. viewers a different take on this celebration so they would understand the roots of it and they would feel more connected to to the man who who they're honoring and the ideals they're honoring so that was what we tried to do and and there it's certainly a lot of the cultural things that you witness are religious both protestant and catholic i mean masses um you know which harken back to the days when the roman catholic roman catholic north um, and the, and the, in the North, Roman Catholics were not even able to practice what they call the penal laws. They're unable to practice their religion. And they had to go out into the woods. And that's why you have part of along when you go on, on St. Patrick's Way, you'll come to what they call mass rocks. And these were huge boulders that were set in that were in the naturally in the woods. And they'd find places where people could go and the, and the priests would do mass on these rocks as if it was an altar in a church because they were un, not allowed to practice their religion, their language. Uh, they were not allowed to dance. They uh, sing Irish songs. So during the penal law period in Northern Ireland. So this is this is something you'll get. If you follow St. Patrick's Way and St. Patrick's Trail, you get the history, you learn the history of Ireland at the same time that you're learning the history of St. Patrick himself. And this is really making me excited to go to Ireland someday for St. Patrick's Day to see this cultural event. I don't know if it's going to be next year for me, Joseph, because my girlfriend and I are talking right now about going to Naples for St. Joseph's Day, which is just two days after St. <laughs> Patrick's exactly. Day. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if it'll be next year, but someday we're going we're to do it. Um, you mentioned Belfast. Let's hop there. Uh, tell me about Belfast, what you found interesting about Belfast. And then after that, let's talk about the food in Belfast a little bit. Belfast, of course, was of tremendous interest to me. And I had been there before. Uh, I had been there when I was doing the uh, Great Atlantic Way, which part of that show uh, went into Belfast. Uh, it was I was very much interested in the history of the of the Troubles North, and for what Belfast became famous for. And even there's a movie out now, the terrific movie, by the way, I recommend to people uh, called Belfast, which will give you background on the people that what what people were going through at that time. Uh, neighborhoods where there would be Catholics and Protestants living on the same street, and 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 there would be groups that were trying to divide them and 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 cause uh, d uh, discord when where there wasn't any. So I was interested in that history, and that history is there. You can still go to the mural walls in uh, what was the some of the, the the more rougher areas of Belfast and see the 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 wall the the, the murals that depict the. Um, the resistors at that time. And then you'll see uh, how that has evolved. There's a wall now, a civil rights wall that was painted by both Republicans and by loyalists, uh, worked together to create a wall to civil rights where you'll see a picture of, of Martin Luther King and, and Obama and uh, Mandela, many of the other civil rights um, figures of our, of our, our world. And uh, so that was of interest to me. But, but Belfast is also um, a, a very lively city. 
Um, you know, they, they have a number of different quarters. The cathedral quarter, one, and in spite of the name, which it has, the cathedral is there, that's true, but there's also about uh, 25 different pubs there. So you can hmm. uh, participate and, and, and drink uh, and, and sample a, a, a wide variety of Irish whiskeys. Of course, have a Guinness or any of the other many beers uh, that are in Ireland and, and participate in a session, which is Ireland's Irish, uh, uh, an evening of traditional Irish music. And hopefully there'll maybe be a few Irish dancers at your pub so you can see some Irish dancing going on as well. So uh, that, so that's all available in Belfast, probably in addition to the probably the most popular attraction in Ireland, which is the Titanic exhibit. Uh, which is, is which is at the docks because um, besides um, Liverpool, uh, uh, this was the Belfast was the one was the number one uh, shipbuilding uh, part of of the, the British Empire and a British a city of the British Empire. So uh, you'll go to the dock area where the shipbuilding took place, and and you'll get go through an exhibit dedicated to to the Titanic which is extraordinary, an extraordinary exhibit. So I, I, rec I recommend people take that in. Yeah, so, it, and, and, but the, if you go to the university quarter, if you go to the government quarter, uh, you'll, get, you'll have a nice uh, view of the entirety of the Belfast. Go to the Belfast market, uh, which is a wonderful, has like all great markets in all in cities around the world, a lot of the, of the goods from the area from northern from northern Ireland particularly and and the spirit of the people who are you'll get to make, rub shoulders with the locals when you do that and I would certainly uh, recommend people go to the uh, market in Belfast as well so yes yeah, so there's there's a lot of there's there's one uh one which called the Belfast bap that we're talking about food Belfast bap you can get at the market and it's it it harkens back to the famine years because the bread that they use is blackened on the outside and that that harkens back to the days when they would bread into their fireplaces and they would they would get blackened and then it's just packed with i mean it's it's about a uh, about 9 inches tall packed with all sorts of different meats and cheeses and all sorts of other different uh, goodies and in and, and there. And that's something that uh, when you go to the market in Belfast, you, I certainly highly recommend people sample. Uh, besides all the other uh, uh, good things that are there, the cheeses and the, and the butters and all the different things that people can buy to, to take, to, to use on their, on their journey throughout Northern Ireland. I don't think there's anything quite like Irish butter. I mean, you go to Ireland and it's oh like, oh, the but butter is on a different planet, I think. Yeah, it is. It has to be the milk, exactly. You know, you're right. And uh, all of, and, you know, a lot of people don't understand. Also, remember, Ireland is an island. So there's an amazing amount of wonderful fresh seafood in Ireland. Um, certainly, you know, other lamb, of course, is very popular in Ireland as well. Uh, I, I, all sorts of different um, sheep. And uh, I mean, uh, acres and acres and acres of, of, of farmland is devoted to or pasture land is devoted to sheep. Uh, and you'll, you'll be able to sample lamb if it's on your something that you are fond of. But um, 
and all the, and, but seafood is what really impressed me. We we seem to forget that it's an island, and and seafood is one of the uh, the riches of that island, and you can find it in any menu. You'll find some some excellent seafoods. It's a big part of Irish culture, no doubt about that. Um, Joseph, you mentioned uh, having Guinness and some of the other beers in Northern Ireland, but I did want to talk about uh, Irish whiskey because you visited Bushmills Distillery on this most yes. recent trip. Tell me about that place. What, what was it like? Well, the two things I would say, you know, in Dublin, if you're going to Dublin, if you're in the South, be sure to go to the Guinness store house which is the story of how guinness is made and it's very very interesting and at the end you get to have a pint of guinness on the house so that's 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 one thing i, I and we're talking about drink i would want to recommend people go to but in Bushmills, uh the Bushmills facility is up near what they call the giant causeway an area that has over forty thousand basalt columns that have been formed uh, from the uh, from the indigenous rock, that, uh, the indigenous the lava the, the the lava flows that came the ancient lava flows and that's a major uh, attraction of the northwest. Very close to there, after you've been out in the rain and the sea and the wind and and it most likely most likely it'll be like that. Uh, you'll um, you'll be able to go over to the Bushmills Distillery and have a tasting and go through their plant and get to see how. Bushmills is made, and uh, I, I there's a number. I was amazed with all the different varieties of Bushmills there were, and in the show we highlight a few. I'm more of a wine drinker than I am a whiskey drinker. I I learned to, to like it, and uh, I was taught about. I was given a instruction on the fine art of tasting whiskeys and on the difference between the whiskeys, and then it's all part of the ex education you get when you're at the Bushmills Distillery. I'm with you, Joseph. I'm more of a wine guy than a whiskey guy, but we were in uh -huh. Ireland this spring and I, I began to appreciate Irish. I mean, I always liked it, but uh, never really straight. And then I started really understanding and appreciating it and having some of the more craft whiskeys. And I think I'm beginning to get there a little bit. It's still difficult. I would still much rather have a glass of wine than a whiskey, but I'm, I'm appreciating what they're doing with whiskey in Ireland. And, you know, I always enjoy like a Jameson and ginger or something like that. Ah, uh, right. Um, so it's so good when you're in Ireland and you, you have to try it. Well, I'll give you an, I'll give you a name that my Irish friend, uh, and, uh, she's, uh, uh, aficionado of whiskeys and she says Middleton is the one to be looking for. Okay. It's quite expensive, but it's supposed to be like the top of the line. And even in Bushmills, they use some of the pro uh, product from Middleton. Uh, in in their in their in one of their higher end uh, uh, brands at Bushmills. So I thought um, when I I mean I found out about Middleton after I was in the, in the Bushmills distillery and and but when I'm watching the show now and I hear I hear the 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 woman who was uh, giving me the sampling uh, talking about it, I thought aha that's I know that so it's that's something I saw. A flea in your ear, so to speak, that might be something you want to taste the next time you're in Ireland, if you can get a, a hold of it. I'll definitely be looking for that. 
You did uh, two episodes in this season on uh, the Pat- Patrick's Way. Um, yes. You also spent Halloween in Ireland's ancient East. Right. I'm always fascinated with different holidays and how they're celebrated. You talked about St. Patrick's Day, but how is how is Halloween? What's what's it like in Ireland? Oh, it, this was the first the, the year we were there in 2019 before the pandemic hit. And fortunately, we got that show in before we um, we um, before everybody got shut down. And uh, it's they it's it's the first year of the Puka festival because Puka is one of the spirits that comes out in in the traditional Irish um, Halloween. Uh, and um, there are a number of creatures that uh, cross the veil from death. And from the netherland into the uh, into the re- into our world uh, on on October the thirty first, and the Irish, of course, being experts in myths and legends and stories, have <laughs> had the, the widest array of interesting creatures. Uh, some of them are kind of half human and half fairies, and uh, and then there's uh, you know the the raven uh, who is um, um, but also involved in all sorts of culture. There's a Boyan uh, from uh, on the in Boyan in the Boyan River. That's where she she comes out of, and her she has her own attributes. And then there's Puka itself, who is a kind of a trickster. When he's good, he's very very good, and when he's bad, he's horrid. And uh, <laughs> if you cross him, you're in trouble. So you got to be you know that's where the whole trick or treat idea came about. You know, if you don't give him a treat, if you don't treat him right, you're going to have, he's going to trick you, maybe like stealing your child from their cradle. Oh. So, you know, Ireland is, the, the stories in Ireland are quite intense. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they, uh, they have their, when you, when you cross the spirit, there are ramifications and some of them very dire. And so, uh, but these creatures, the, in the Puka Festival, which took place at Trim Castle, and Trim is uh, right up, Trim is actually in in the Republic of Ireland, but right on the border with Northern Ireland, and uh, that's from there we went into Belfast and did our did, did our explorations there, and then came around to the west coast and went down to Sligo, uh, and in uh, in and experienced what they call the Great Atlantic Way. These are all what the Irish Tourist Board. Everybody needs to get in touch with the Irish Tourist Board. And, and and get their information. They have a wealth of information on the different parts of Ireland, uh, the, in the South, in the Republic, and in the North. And they work very closely together. The North and the South work very closely together as far as tourism is concerned. So you'll get a lot of support no matter where you where you want to go. But uh, this the Puka Festival itself, uh, there was music. There were um, there was the Irish foods, of course, and uh, there was a lot of um, drinking, of course, uh, as part of the experience, but there was uh, pilgrimages, there was parades, there was people dressed in costume. It was, it was a new take on the whole Halloween experience. So, you know, in the Irish, you're saying, "Hey, Halloween began here. Uh, the whole <laughs> Halloween tradition went, went went to the United States from Ireland, and they they took their old." The, the festival, I, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it's called Samlan. And that is the uh, the old ancient festival that was in Ireland. 
uh, for you know for eons before Halloween ever existed. And so the people who immigrated out of the country, emigrated out of the country and to other locations, particularly the United States, brought those traditions that ended up becoming uh, more of a Halloween trick or treat, um, you know, um, uh, uh, with, uh, with the different decorations, the carvings and the creatures and the creatures and the idea of crossing the veil being pierced between the living and the dead. And I, that was all, of course, you know, the, the tradition of, of that, at that time of year, you know, in, in, in Mexico, in Latin cultures, they have, uh, you know, what we would call All Saints Day, and that's on, on November the 1st and November the 2nd. So it's still behind the tradition of, uh, of it's, it's, it's still in keeping with that Irish tradition of, their, their, of how easily spirits are able to cross back and forth between uh, the living and the dead. And that's why the Irish really believe that their spirits with the, us all the time. Uh, they, they manifest as orbs, they manifest as fairies. That's the whole idea of leprechauns. These are not just little kid stories in Ireland. These, This is the truth. People believe that they live with these creatures and that they're part of of their daily lives and and and, and, invo and are involved in their lives to help them and to hinder them, and uh, it's a wonder. That's why being in Ireland, if you can get into the culture and not just get blinded by uh, you know the obvious, you you really under start to understand the Irish people. You can really understand where they 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 come from. Leprechauns and fairies and all those those all those beings being with us at all times. Is is a wonderful thing, and it's and it's and it's, a, it's it's you know it's, it came out of necessity too. The Irish have struggled uh, like since their beginning. They've struggled. I mean, Ireland has been conquered over and over and over again. And, um, and in, the, in recent times, we we know the troubles lasted for over thirty years. The trouble between the uh, Irish Republican Army and the others fighting for Irish uh, independence in uh, the UK. And, and, and the forces of the, of the UK. So uh, this has been in the famine. The, the history of Ireland is one of struggle and uh, a desire to persist, to persevere in the face of unbelievable odds. And that those people are able to do that because they're resilient. They are survivors. And uh, the whole story of Ireland is about persevering and surviving everything the weather the foreign forces uh different religions uh, uh sickness uh, famine i mean but for the irish that's why i like going to ireland because for the irish to have this the joy of life that they have after everything they've been through is a lesson to all of us and that's one of the reasons I really enjoy going to Ireland. Joseph, you've been traveling to Ireland for many, many years, decades now. Right. Lots of folks want to go to Ireland, especially Americans who have Irish heritage. Right. Do you have any tips for those folks who have never been? What would you tell them about visiting Ireland? Um, in, in your mind, practice driving on the wrong side of the street. That's one. <laughs> get, get used to that in your head. Uh, that, that would be helpful. That would be one of the tips. 
uh, I, I would just say talk to people. Talk to people, talk to people, talk to people. Uh, go to places where, I mean, put yourself in situations. Uh, try to follow festivals. Try to, uh, 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 if you see some festivals that you can go to or some local events you can go to, the lo more local, the better. And let people know who you are. Say hi. And the minute they hear your accent, they'll say, oh, you're an American. You're not a local. You know, I, uh, the night that there was a session, um, you know, I, I was working with the Irish Tourist Board, uh, putting, planning the itinerary for walking in St. Patrick's Way. And of course, what that means when you're following a saint is you're going to a lot of churches and uh, you're going to a lot of religious sites. And uh, in talking to the Irish Tourist Board and their tremendous partners when we're trying to plan a trip. And I said, well, we need some things. We need some Irish things. Besides the churches, that's fabulous. I want to tell the story of Patrick and, and the churches he went to and where he converted people and his trials and tribulations. That's wonderful. I want to tell that story and people who want to follow it, that they'll really get information that'll be useful for them. But I also want to let them let, let them have a sense, a taste of Ireland and the Irish people. So we have to do some some things. So I ended up kayaking on Stratford Lock, which was where Patrick came in. So we got to be able to do a, an activity there. Uh, of course, we had some dining experiences and, uh, you know, we had a, a number of things. But, but the one thing we were able to organize, which was terrific, is a, a session, which is a, a, an evening of traditional Irish music, normally very casually done. But uh, three or four guys get together in a pub and, and on a Friday night, perhaps, and play a number of traditional Irish uh, instruments. You know, the bagpipe, the drum, uh, a guitar, of course, and a, a, a tin a tin, uh, a tin whistle, um, uh, all sorts. It's absolutely wonderful. You need to look for uh, an, uh, where you can find an Irish, an Irish session. And uh, when I was there the one night, I was sitting, I was at the table getting ready to do interviews with the different um, musicians and have them play their instruments for me. And a, 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 a woman walked up and said, um, uh, can, do you mind if I, if I share this table with you? And I looked at her and I said, oh, absolutely. Sit down. And the minute she heard my accent, she says, you're not a local, are you? And that, of course, opened a whole conversation that we had the whole night talking about um, Down Patrick and life in Down Patrick and, uh, and you know, her, her, her life there and uh, the festival and St. Pat got some really great inside information on St. Patrick's, the festival, the St. Patrick's Day Festival. And, and then continued through that, I was there sitting in a restaurant say a woman and her family next to me and her husband and I just said hi oh you're American oh I you know I'll listen we our, the American connection with Ireland is so strong that all you have to do is open your mouth and you're going to be asked to join them up for a, a Guinness or a, a you know a, a talk certainly and and they're going to be completely fascinated by by what you have to say to them about your life in the United States and what and you're going to learn so much more than you can read from any guidebook about who the Irish people are and what you should do and what the fun things are and what you should be eating and drinking and, and, and the history behind the different foods and when this was introduced and why they cook it this way. Uh, it's so you, you, you're, you love it already. 
But with as in, we have a food and wine connection to be able to go there and learn about the history of the different foods of Ireland. You know, like I, I mentioned corned beef and hash earlier. They don't even eat corned beef and cabbage in Ireland. It's not even a dish in Ireland. Uh, so <laughs> that's how far off the, the mark we are with our St. Patrick's celebration. And they don't drink green beer. It would be insulting <laughs> to do that to beer. So, um the, you know, so it's we're a little bit off of the mark, and we need to get more centered, I think, so that, that it'll make St. Patrick's Day such a rich, a more, a, a much more rich uh, celebration. So that's, but my general uh, advice for people when they go to Ireland is speak to the Irish, ask questions. The minute they hear your accent, they're going to fall in love with you. They're already in love with you, and you can you can start, but you'll find out so so much more. Just. Open yourself up and do what the Irish do, you know. You know, there's not, it's not by accident. There's a song called When, when, Irish, when Irish Eyes Are Shining, Smiling, you know, When Irish Eyes Are Smiling. It's because that's what they do. They do, the, their eyes do smile. And, and uh, they're a welcoming uh, uh, people and ready to open up their hearts and share with you their culture and their their life. And that is what we want when we go anywhere. And it's so easy for us in Ireland. Some other places, you have to work a little harder. The language is a bit of a problem. Although I must say, in parts of Northern Ireland, I have a little problem with the language. I, sometimes they'd speak to me. I wouldn't know a word of what they were saying because the accent would be so heavy. But uh, but yeah, that's what we want when we travel around the world. We want to communicate with people. And in Ireland, it's so easy in Ireland. And all you have to do is just say hi, and that's that'll get you started. Good advice, Joseph. Um, we've focused here on Ireland, but you've got a whole season 12 that's coming out of your show, Travel Scope. Uh, what are the other places that you visited during season 12 of the program? Well, you know, the pandemic had a lot to do with limiting our travel. You know, we the whole the 2020 and, and we got back. Our first shoot was in 2021 and it was in, in St. Patrick's Day. And um, excuse me, the, the first shoot was this year. Uh, 2000. Uh, no, the the first revert, re return trip was to South Padre Island in Texas. We did it in September in 2021, and that had been a trip that had been planned for over a year and a half. So, uh, so that's where we started, the United States and South South Padre Island, because we could get in, and and it was uh, relatively safe there because of uh, where it is. And it was a wonderful, um, easy to go to uh, place that's noted mostly for a spring break but is, uh, has a wonderful natural side that you can experience, a wonderful uh, uh, reserve, rescue and res uh, preservation for sea turtles, uh, uh, one of the largest foundations and, and organizations in the United States protecting the sea turtle, uh, and then other bird sanctuaries, other natural sides of a place that's normally noted for the fun and party of spring break. And that's there too. You can do that. As well, so we started there, and then we went to Ireland and on uh, to Fort St. Patrick's Day uh, in March. Uh, uh, we had already done the show on on the Puka on the Halloween in 2019, so we were picking up where we left off. In fact, uh, when the pandemic hit here and all the flights out of the United States were canceled, we were at the airport getting ready to go to Ireland for St. Patrick's to to do what we ended up doing this year. So oh, two years later. We actually got to go to St. Patrick's. And as I mentioned to you, there was so much material, it ended up being two shows. 
And then, um, and then we we go back to a favorite place uh, of, of mine, Taiwan, which is surprising to some people how wonderful Taiwan is. You know, when I first went to Taiwan, uh, I, I wondered why. I was almost wondered why I was even going. I figured I'd go to Taipei, shoot Taipei 101, which was the largest building in the world at that time, tallest building, I should say, and some of the night markets and some of that, uh, the Chinese culture. Uh, but then what I discovered was a country that had so much to offer that we've ended up doing 10 shows on Taiwan, all sorts wow. of different aspects of the island, the island shows, their festivals, uh, uh traveling around the country by rail, uh, their natural side, uh, the Taroko Gorge, which is considered to be Taiwan's Grand Canyon, uh, with marble uh, marble walls. Um, uh, it's ama- amazing, amazing in this, uh, this island country, how much it has to offer. So one of our shows is we decided to, to go through it and pull out some of the best to introduce people who have never been to Taiwan to the best of Taiwan. So you get a nice, nice overview of all that that Taiwan has to offer in a very in a nutshell. It's just it scratches the surface, but it does give you a taste of Taiwan. So that's called the best of Taiwan. And then we uh, have a show on uh, on um, on South Africa. Well, we went to uh, Cape Town and started with in a winery and one of the famous wineries, the oldest winery in in South Africa, and ended up in Shomari the game reserve of Shomari. So the, that'll give people complete, we, we're going from Ireland to Africa. So there's, there's a lot of great uh, great uh, stuff for people in season 12 this year. And we'll start releasing, the first show is the Puka Festival, the Halloween show, we'll be releasing the beginning of, um, of December. And people can get information and follow our, our travels and follow and, and get information on our different episodes by going to our website, travelscope.net too and they can follow what we're doing and also on our social media side we're on facebook we're on instagram and we're on twitter and they can just keep track of what's going on yeah i would recommend folks follow you on social media because you always post interesting stuff there little videos and and pictures and all kinds of great stuff so uh we'll have links to all of that including the website travelscope.net in the show notes Joseph, thank you so much for being on Destination Eat Drink today. It's been a joy to have you back on the program. One of the things that I really love about your show is how you present an open-minded view of uh, travel and of the world around us. And I think nothing shows that better than how you close each show with a quote from Mark Twain. And I was just wondering if for me, if you could... Um, close this show with that same quote from Mark Twain. Absolutely. It's travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. Happy traveling. Okay, there you go. So glad I got to catch up with Joseph again for the podcast. What a trove of great information and interesting stories he has. I've got links to Joseph's website in the show notes at radiomisfits.com slash DED210. And don't forget to watch Travel Scope on PBS. It's a great show. The new season premieres this week. Check your local listings for when it airs in your town. Well, that'll do it for this week. Next week, we're in France for macaroons and bouche de Noël. 
Don't miss that. Just in time for Christmas. Until then, get over to DestinationEatDrink.com. I'm always posting new stuff there. I just posted a complete travel foodie guide to the fascinating hilltop town of Montserrat, Portugal. It's all the way over by the Spanish border in Portugal on top of this little hill with a great castle and foodies. They've got a very unique pastry from that town. You can read about that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash Montserrat. That's spelled M-O-N-S-A-R-A-Z. Or just go straight to DestinationEatDrink.com, click on the Portugal Destinations link. And while you're there, if you could, contribute to the Destination Eat Drink cause. That'd be great. Just click on the Contribute button at DestinationEatDrink.com. Thank you so very much. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and a guy who's still trying to get his St. Paddy's Day Guinness to turn green, Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.